1: Hello everyone and welcome to a Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. We are back in our hallway here in Berea recording this podcast. So exciting times uh, as we get you uh, ready for the Atlanta Falcons as the Browns are doing starting on Wednesday as we're recording this. However, Mary Kay, there was one player who was not here on Wednesday, not a huge surprise, but Miles Garrett. Uh, stayed home today, uh, resting up after that car crash from Monday. His status for Sunday is still unknown. Of course, the list of injuries that he compiled in that were actually you know, kind of a sigh of relief, I think, for everyone involved. Uh, but still, his status for Sunday, we just don't know. You texted this out. You tend to agree with John Johnson, who says, maybe Miles should take it easy this weekend
2: yeah, I really think that he should. I mean, he's been so much been through so much emotional trauma, so much physical trauma. He has a shoulder sprain. He's got a bicep strain. He's got a cut hand, and I think uh, there might still be possibly a little bit of glass in there that I doubt that they're gonna take out. Um, so, you know, these are some things that he's been going through. And again, just the whole emotional trauma. That must have taken so much out of him. So I think it would be prudent for everyone if he would just sit this one out. I mean, what if he goes out there and, uh, and does something severe or serious to that biceps? I mean, if that, yeah. if that tendon goes, then he's done for the yeah. season, right? I mean, let that thing heal up just like John Johnson said. Take it easy, man.
1: And like, Ashley, we were talking about this at practice. He takes so many hits during yeah. the game. I mean, offensive linemen and defensive linemen get hit every play. But Miles especially, you're just seeing teams really go after him. You know, Robert Salas said after the game they thought they wore him down. Um, and you're just seeing chips and blocks, and some of them are pretty violent. I've noticed them more this year than in years past. And when you're dealing with whatever aches and pains he's dealing with, from the accident, just in general, that builds up over the season, I don't know, a week off wouldn't hurt.
0: Yeah, and especially re-watching that Pittsburgh game, you know, for anyone who watched the game, the broadcast of the game, not there in person, they actually did a compilation of miles in that game, drawing all these double teams, drawing these chip blocks, like, drawing all this attention, which we know, and we've said, Dan, like, when we talked about it today, like, maybe they need to do some things a bit more creatively, move him around, figure out a way to kind of get him open, not have him set so quickly before a play starts, but how they're doing things right now, he definitely takes a beating in just about every one of these games, and a lot of times he's effective because he's mild spirit, because he looks like a superhero brought to life, especially out there on the field, but for considering how your body can react after a car crash. And like we've said, you know, I think sometimes with car crashes, the injuries, you can be more in pain as the week goes on. So we don't know fully how he's going to feel. Of course, Kevin Stefanski wouldn't rule him out for the game on Sunday. He wouldn't rule anybody out. But I think at the end of the day, I would be more surprised
1: if he played uh, this week than if he didn't play. And, and Mary you hear players talk about this all the time. And Miles, of course, is a physical freak. But it takes, there's a reason these guys play once a week, and there's a reason they hate short weeks. Even like the Monday to Sunday, I was just listening to a podcast today where a former player was saying like, even those four hours when you've got to play Monday night to like Sunday afternoon at one, like those, those hours really matter. And then you throw in the fact that he was in a car that flipped over multiple times. It's really hard sometimes for these guys to get to Sunday and... This just makes it more difficult.
2: Yeah, you know, if he had enough impact to his body that he suffered a shoulder injury and a biceps injury and a cut hand, that's a lot of impact to your whole constitution. So he's got to be really sore. As we've been saying, he probably woke up more sore today Mm -hmm. than he did yesterday. We all know how that goes. So, yeah, I mean, but knowing Miles, and I have been told, and we talked about it yesterday on the pod, that he really wants to play. He really wants to play. He's got a lot at stake. He wants to lead this team to a Super Bowl this year. He wants to win NFL Defensive Player of the Year. He wants to rack up the sacks, right? I mean, he wants to get the stats. He wants to help this team win games. He knows that Jadavian Clowney might not be able to play. Now we see that Denzel Ward is on the injury report as well. So it means a lot to him. He's on a mission. How often do we hear everybody saying he's taken his game to the next level this year? So he does not want to sit this out, but and I don't know. And knowing Miles, he'll fight his way onto that field, but I just don't think it's the right thing to do. Well,
1: and I think I saw that you, um, you texted when you were kind of texting about what you think he should do. Um, you texted the fact that it's Atlanta this week. It's not Baltimore. It's mm-hmm. not Cincinnati. And it's... You know, look, I'm in the camp of overlook the Falcons at your own risk. I think they're they're a talented team. They can they can turn this game into a shootout. But I think the bigger point is that game, an NFC opponent, is just not as important as in the big picture as your divisional games. As the games like the Chargers even is a more important game than this game. So I think there is something to be said about. If you're gonna sit one out, Like, Miles, we need you in October, November, December. If you miss one game here against the Falcons that would be the one to miss.
2: Yes, absolutely. I 100% believe that's true. If it was Ravens week or even, like you said, Chargers week, that's a, an entirely different story. Go ahead and you know see what you could do, even on a limited basis. You don't have to play the whole game, but go out there and get some snaps. In this case, I just don't think it's warranted. I don't think it's prudent. What is anybody going to say or how how will the Browns be viewed or judged if he goes out there a few days after what, six days after being in this horrendous, horrific, traumatic car accident and suffers a significant injury or has a head injury. I mean, he looked dazed when he was sitting there. Okay, now he was cleared of a concussion, but still. I mean, you know, who knows what could possibly happen in a game like this if he tries to play.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I remember, actually, a few years ago. It was actually before the London game a few years ago. He showed up a couple days after the game and reported concussion symptoms. So, I mean, that stuff is always still kind of in play after something like this. But um, I, I guess, look, it's Miles' choice. He can do what he wants, but also there does come a point where the team has to step in and say, Miles, maybe you should hold off a little bit. Yeah, and I do think, like, with players like Miles
0: Garrett, and you see it across, I think, professional leagues, there are certain players of a certain caliber that I think when an injury happens to them at times, you as the team have to try to protect that player from themselves, I think, whether it's the team or Miles' people or his agents, whatever, like... It might get to that point, and like we're saying, there's more at stake than getting a win against the Falcons. Obviously, a win against the Falcons is really, really important. They can't overlook them. But there's a lot bigger opponents coming up on the horizon that... Miles Garrett has to maintain his production throughout a whole year. It's something he's been talking about. And if he has to miss one game because of this, I don't think it's the end of the world. What's going to be the end of the world is if he goes out there, gets hurt, and then something is nagging him the rest of the year, or he's done the rest of the year,
1: worst-case scenario.
2: And you guys, uh, the way that we're talking about this, you know darn well he's going to go out there and play. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we're so adamant that, that, that he ahead should. we to play
1: great. And, and that like, he should, yeah. He's going to go yes. out.
2: He's going to have two or three sacks. And, uh, you know, people are going to be like, uh-huh. But no, I, I still think that you know we're completely justified in what we're saying. And mm-hmm. hey, John Johnson agrees with us, so yeah. we can't be that wrong. Exactly, yeah, see, John Johnson
0: agrees. Go ahead. John's favorite, like that during that presser, so he was like, "Well, I, I don't know. I don't think he's gonna play." But like, he even <laughs> like protected himself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> with his answer and kind of uh, edged his bet a little bit, right. so to speak. Well,
1: you, know, you don't want to make Miles angry, right? Exactly. I mean, see, he, <laughs> he doesn't need to turn into the Incredible Hulk. He already is the Incredible Hulk, <laughs> and you don't, want to make, you don't want to make him angry. Right. All right, let's take a break and talk about some other injuries uh, that have popped up or that the Browns are dealing with as they get ready to go to Atlanta.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile.
1: And back on the Orange to Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock. So the other guy to keep an eye on, of course, is Jadavion Clowney, who we've seen him in the locker room, Mary Kay, Monday and Wednesday. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. Um, No walking boot, seems to be in a pretty good mood, still did not practice today. These ankles can be tricky things. Uh, I guess if you had to guess, do you think he's good, that uh, Jadavion will be out there Sunday?
2: Oh, gosh, it's so hard to say because he was walking fine when, when we saw him in the locker room on Monday and we saw him again today, walking completely fine, not even a wrap on, on the ankle. He just had on, you know, like socks and sneakers today. So um, so I, I guess I'm going to say there's a chance. <laughs> I, I'm saying there's a chance. I don't have a great feel for it because if it is the dreaded high ankle sprain, usually you're going to be out three to four weeks at least. But um, but maybe it's just a regular old ankle sprain, and and he could be back. I don't know. I mean, uh, we'll see. I I don't have a good handle on it yet.
1: J. C. Treader doesn't want to hear your your four to six weeks on the high <laughs>
2: ankle sprain. He
1: uh, he played through a pretty nasty one a few years ago. Although, to be fair, rushing the passer is a little different than yeah, protecting so. <laughs> the passer. I, I mean, Ashley, if they're without. If they're without Jadavion and Miles, you're kind of left with this mishmash of you've got Alex Wright, Isaac Rochelle, Isaiah Thomas. You know, Chase Winovich is, is on IR, so yeah. he's not an option. Curtis Weaver was signed to the practice squad. They could always go that route. I, I think that, that might have been a little bit of insurance, like a just-in-case. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I guess, what do you think of this pass rush if Jadavion and Miles aren't there?
0: Well, I think it's definitely you're less optimistic than if at least one of those guys was there, right? And particularly both of them, because I do think when they are both there, you get to do something more creatively. You know, I think with Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas, they're both... You know, I think have bright futures, but they're still pretty rough around the edges because they're rookies. You know, I wrote about Alex Wright this weekend, and you watch him play. And one of the things, for example, he's talked with me about he needs to get more consistent. You watch him play; he doesn't use his hands a lot, but when he does use his hands, he looks great. But some of these plays where he's getting beat or not doing much, it's because he's not using his hands the right way. Um, and Isaiah Thomas, you know, not a lot of experience, a seventh round guy, and Isaac Rochelle has been up and down this season with the Browns. He got he made the fifty three man roster, he got weighed, he came back to the practice squad, he got elevated, went back to the practice squad, then was finally signed ahead of the Pittsburgh game, so he's on the 53-man roster as of right now, um, but it just overall, they they really don't have a ton of depth there, and I think it hurts them right now. We don't know what's going on with J.O.K., who adds another pass rush uh Weapon free there. We don't know how he's going to be with his groin injury. And, of course, obviously, Anthony Walker. So that whole front of that defense has just taken kind of a, a hit over the last two weeks. And these rookies are going to have to grow up pretty fast,
1: I think. And Mary Kay, this, I mean, that front four especially is pretty top heavy. They, you know, you have those young guys that you like. You drafted them, but they're still young guys. Something, you know, Alex Wright is pretty raw. Um, Isaiah Thomas kind of the same way. They're sort of built around having those two monsters on the end, and then everything else sort of feeds off of that.
2: Yeah, I mean, think about this. When you play the Pittsburgh Steelers without T.J. Watt, I mean, you realize, yeah. oh, my gosh, the uh, NFL Defensive Player of the Year is not on the field. When the Browns are going to face the Chargers the week after this uh, without Joey Bosa, you're going to circle that in red and say, oh, my gosh, they don't have to face Joey Bosa. That's a huge deal. If the Falcons know that they don't have to face Miles Garrett and potentially Jadavian Clowney, they're going to be jumping for joy down there in Atlanta. Uh, And you're right. What's left are a lot of really, really young guys, and that would be manageable, uh, I think, for the Falcons' offense. What's not manageable is trying to handle Jadavian and Miles screaming off the edge. I mean... That is a formidable one-two punch. In fact, Miles Garrett has called them the best (laughs) pass rush duo in the NFL. So, you know, we'll see if it turns out to be like that by the end of the season, but there's a huge difference. There's a humongous drop-off from multiple Pro Bowlers down to rookies playing in their first NFL games. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. And I
0: just think, like, overall, it really hinders your creativity. Like we the best plays I think that we've seen from this front have come when Jadavion Clowney, Miles Garrett, and Alex Wright are all in the game together, and the way they can move those guys around—I mean, that's when JD got his strip sack. Um, it's when you see Alex Wright get hands on these balls and get these batted passes. It's—it just allows them to do so much more. Miles can move inside and get some mismatches. So that too, I just think overall, you're really, really hindered that way. That's gonna,
1: you know, kind of affect your production too. And it just—it sort of changes how you it changes offensively how you have to game plan. If you know, like, okay, Alex Wright, I can put one guy on him, and I can put one guy on on Isaac Rochelle, and one guy on Taven Bryan, one guy on Jordan Elliott. Now I don't have to say, okay, my running back has to go over here, or my tight end always has to be aware of where this guy is, and, you know, my guard, guard needs to help here. It just... It changes what you can do on the offensive line it just makes life that much easier for the offensive
2: lineman too. It really does. That's a, a great point, Dan. I mean, you don't have to chip, you don't have to double. you can have more guys out in patterns. You can run the ball better. There's so many things that that you can do. and um, and these guys, we've talked about the fact that they're they're a good running team. I mean, Marcus Mariota's running. Um, Patterson is running really well, and Kevin Stefanski talked today about how he's such a a big, big guy and hard to bring down, and Jadavian sets the edge incredibly well, as well as anyone in the NFL. So, you know, there's more even than just the pass rush here, right? Right. I mean, you're talking about uh, some of your, you know, best run defenders uh, that are impacted by this, and again, we don't know about JOK, we don't know about Anthony Walker. Now, I will say this, you guys know this, this Cleveland Browns team is really big on encouraging their guys to get out there and play. They talk a lot about availability. And if there's any way that these guys can get out there, they will be out there. And the offensive linemen, for sure, set the tone for that. I mean, they, they play hurt. They play through whatever they have to play through. And, um, and I'm sure that the Browns are going to be trying to make sure that many of the seven guys that did not practice today on Wednesday are going to try to be out there on Sunday.
1: So this is a weird Falcons offense. I'm just going to describe it like that all week. You've got Kyle Pitts is enormous. He's six foot six. Drake London's enormous. He's like six four. Even Cordero Patterson, your running back who wears number eighty four, he's six <laughs> foot two, two hundred twenty pounds. Uh, so he's a like a tall running back. Mariota might be the shortest of the bunch. I don't know how big he is, but this is a weird offense to face, and they do a lot of the same stuff as Kevin Stefanski. Um, I tweeted today, Arthur Smith was born 19 days after Kevin Stefanski was born, and they both love that play-action, zone-read, all that stuff. They kind of come from that same same way of doing offense. And now we find out Denzel Ward is on the injury report. So, I mean, you need bodies to throw at these guys. Kyle Pitts is – I mean, Kevin kind of talked about it today. The challenges: do you put a corner on him? Do you put a linebacker on him? Either way, you know, you're kind of damned if you do or damned if you don't. So, like – not having Denzel Ward just makes it that much more difficult if he's unable to go.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure he's going to try to go. He ended up with a back injury and a rib injury from the Steelers game. The good part about that is the fact that he finished the game and he played 100% of the snaps. So it's not like you know he hobbled off or he was carted off and we knew anything was wrong. So that leads me to believe that he's just kind of resting his body early in the week He's probably going to play. I would imagine that he'll play. They need him. You need your lockdown corner. Again, this is a good offense. It's a big offense. You need all hands on deck. It is going to be interesting, though, because the Browns don't – they're not necessarily built big like through the middle. I mean, if you've got, you know, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa as a smaller linebacker, almost like a hybrid safety, right? Right. So they've got some of those sized guys uh, that are – manning the defensive front so they're gonna have to try to play some some big football somehow
1: yeah I mean maybe this is a week for Martin Emerson I know he's kind of had some ups and downs, Ashley, but maybe this is a week where you can figure out a way to kind of use that length a little
0: bit. Yeah, I was just thinking that as we were talking, I'm like, there aren't many big guys on this defense outside of, like, you think of it, it's the rookies, right? It's like Martin Emerson, Alex Wright, like, you just look out there, and they do look bigger than everybody, but yeah, this might be, I think, a good time to really utilize Martin Emerson's length because there aren't really any, there's no one really with that body type on this team. I guess Grady is, too, but... I think it's it's kind of time for in some of those plays you know that that have happened while he's on guys like the George Pickens catch like we've talked about that there wasn't anything Martin Emerson could do there's certainly times where he's made mistakes but I still think you have to figure out a way to use that length because in theory, that's why you drafted that guy, right? Cause he looks different from basically everyone else you have in that room currently. Uh, just real
1: quick, looking at this injury report, Batonio, nothing to worry about. Uh Tave and Brian will see Conklin, nothing to worry about. Cooper was rest. Uh, the name that stands out to me here. The other guy is Jeremiah, who's mm-hmm. You're already short at linebacker. Jacob Phillips is going to be playing probably every snap at Mike now. Um, to, to not have JOK okay, that would be that would be tough too.
2: Yeah, and he is one of those guys that was significantly injured during the game. And you know, we knew that he was injured during the game. Whereas with Denzel, we didn't know he was hurt and I think that lends itself to, hey, I'm going to be okay for the next week. Uh with JOK, okay, he'll probably be fighting Uh, to get back onto the field, and he's going to need every minute that he can possibly get uh, of treatment and rest uh, to be able to play out there. And the thing that comes to my mind about this is what have we been saying all season long about this Cleveland Browns football team? And that is, okay, you don't have Deshaun Watson, but you've got this amazing talent-loaded defense, and you've got this amazing running game. So if a lot of these guys are not going to play, it kind of neutralizes that great defense. And and you sort of have an ordinary defense if most of your pro bowlers aren't out there. Uh, So it leaves you mostly with the running game as the highlight of your team. And the Falcons have that too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you'd be more evenly matched if if these guys can't play.
1: And you almost wonder if you just go out there and, and really try to run the football and control the clock and keep this defense off the field as much as you can, which which is sort of strange to say. Normally you want that defense out there trying to make plays mm-hmm. uh, and do some things, but maybe they change their approach a little bit. Okay uh browns and falcons we'll have our big preview pod coming on friday uh, we'll have an interview we'll do our prop bets picks all that stuff uh that's coming on friday so make sure you subscribe to the orange or brown talk podcast feed on apple podcasts and spotify and of course become a football insider subscriber cleveland.com slash browns the blue banner at the top of the page for mary kay and ashley i'm dan thanks for listening everybody